You're listening to the Affirming Voice Podcast, broadcasting encouragement, motivating influence. Well, Chris, a lot of the people that I work with in coaching sales and talking with people, this thing I know is in the back of everyone's mind, but they don't say it, is they're worried, many people are worried about what other people think. Oh, yeah, most definitely. We talked about the old adage about comparing your insides with everybody else's outsides, where everybody's just putting on their best face and everybody's going through the same kind of turmoil you are inside. So don't be so hard on yourself. Why do you think, I mean, a lot of times some of the fear or a lot of the fear that stops people in performing and doing something it's almost as if they're they're procrastinating to do something to the very last second that forces their hand to do something because I think they're afraid of what people might think if they get it wrong or do it wrong. I mean, suppose mm-hmm. suppose famous athletes did that. They'd never play a freaking game. It's so true. Well, and what's the line in Shakespeare about, you know, the greatest uh, regret that people have in life is what might have been. If I just tried, Mm -hmm. even if you fail, it's better to try something and fail than never to have tried it. And then it eats away at you for the rest of your life. Right. (laughs) It's true. It does. So now think about that, though, in terms of the dynamics that takes place in. I mean, this is a communication tool that as you begin to develop this, you can actually have incredible advancements. And I'm not talking about getting the big promotion and making a million dollars. I'm talking about living a life where you're actually experiencing it because you're engaging, you're having some action, you're you're executing your your plan and your thought process because you're not held back in fear. Mm-hmm. You're willing to say, "Hey, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to try something." And you know, fear, if you look at the Bible, that's number one thing you're supposed to avoid. So if anything comes out of fear, I know it's not what I need. I know that it's going to be detrimental and not good for me. But we talked before about how, yeah, but fear will keep you alive. Run from the tiger, right? That kind of thing. But at the same time, I think we fear too much. I know I do. I have to stop myself. I have to think about what I'm thinking about and go, okay, well, you know what? That's not acceptable because fear does you no good. I liked what you just said. You said to think about what you're thinking about. There's That's actually, a, and you, you may know this, a, a psychological term that talks about kind of thinking, getting inside yourself and thinking about what you're thinking about. Mm-hmm. So you can really kind of analyze where you're coming from and saying, why am I worried about this? Right. Well, and you know, I didn't come up with that. That's been around for centuries. Somebody told me, hey, think about what you're thinking about. And I was horrified when I stopped and started thinking about what I was thinking about. I'm like, why did I go down that path? You know, the old adage, well, I couldn't help it. It was all I could think about. Well, then that's where you're not taking a step back from yourself and going, I'm not going to think that way anymore, and I'm not going to dwell on that because it's toxic stuff. It's metacognition. I just thought of it. Metacognition. Oh, listen to that. Metacognition. I like it. It's a great term to really start thinking about why why am I worried so much about the things I'm worried about, and why am I worried about what people are thinking of me, maybe. The other thing that's so funny is is once we get inside someone else's head and we really to, to learn how little they're thinking about us, that would probably piss us off. <laughs> yes. Right? They don't think uh, about me as much as I thought they did. How dare you not think about me 24-7? Oh, man. So there's a great fact about the Bible, thinking about, you know, why should we care about what other people think? 
there's 1,188 chapters in the Bible. The very center verse of the Bible happens to be Psalms 118.8. And you know what it says, Chris? No, I don't. Tell me, Nate Wyatt. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. Now, whether or not you're a Christian, that's a great verse to put in your back pocket. Very good. I'm going to study that later because that really is helpful. The minute you stop thinking about yourself and, you know, when I think of God, I'm like, well, what is God? God is love. God is love and compassion. So if I'm dwelling on the Lord and putting my thoughts toward him, then I'm going to be more loving and compassionate person. Right. And and here's the thing, too, is if you are misunderstood, which I believe we all are, if someone gets a wrong cue from you and they're misinterpreting your physical communication things that you're, you're kind of exuding and giving off by how you're holding yourself or how you blink your eyes or, you know, physically. I think, weren't you telling me something about, like, there was a CIA director, a retired CIA director? That oh, yeah. yeah. CIA interrogator, and this was years ago, interviewed him. And he said that uh, over 90%, he may have said 99% of what you say is not verbal. It's nonverbal communication. And I can tell you when I'm in foreign countries where I don't speak the language, if you can pantomime, then you're good. You can really get along better than sitting there trying to construct the sentence in your mind. Just act it out. Hmm. That's fascinating. I really thought it was too. And, and you can notice when you're working with people or talking to them, they'll give you little nonverbal cues that you, that I do believe as people have progressed over time, if we progressed, and there's an argument in itself, that we have survival techniques. And one of them is that ability subconsciously to read the information that people are giving us. Do you think and that we you'll lose get that? that gut feeling. I, I think we can, lose touch with it, but I think it's always there. You just have to cultivate that. Does that make sense to you? Sure. I, maybe even just like we were talking about earlier is to think about what you're thinking about. And if you stop and, and really then start paying attention to the cues, mm-hmm. they might be there. Yes, most definitely. Here's the other thing. You know, we're talking about don't get over overly focused on the cues you're giving. Do you know what I mean? You'll you'll talk yourself into just total paranoia if you do that. If you're like, I wonder, oh, my lips quivering because I'm thinking about how I look. I gotta make it stop, and then you know you're off to a whole nother ball game. That's called just crazy. <laughs> that is just so. my hands are shaking. I will sit on my hands. Well, and I have a good friend, and he is an, a pretty successful business guy, and I say pretty successful just because. He does a lot of his work online, and he does everything he can to not meet with people. He, he freezes up on presentations and sales and different things like that, and he calls me a lot of times to, to get some coaching, or he'll ask me to do a presentation for him, and I keep telling him, why don't you do this? I mean, you're smart as ever. You, you speak great. I mean, you articulate well. What's the? He goes, I just can't do it. You have no idea. I can't. Mm-hmm. And he seriously thinking, I could die. Like I can't do it. It's debilitating. I can't move. And mm-hmm. I know some people experiencing that. But I think what happens is, is that's something to say. Well, let's work through that together. I mean, you have right. people like Chris and I that you could get in contact with. We'd be happy to coach you through some of those fears. There's people probably around you, good friends, that would be able to help you through it. 
you might be afraid to even say that you get these debilitating fears. My wife, God bless her, she is absolutely amazing woman. I think the world of her, she gets panic attacks. Not as much as she used to, think, thankfully, but she used to get a lot of panic attacks. And then as we started uncovering it, a lot of times she is a worry wart. And she just mm-hmm. didn't, it was, it, she found herself getting panic attacks when she was in situations that were unclear or unsure. Oh, sure. It's really interesting. Well, and then if you've had a panic attack, and I haven't had one in years, but I can remember, you know, in the last century, you just feel like you're going to die. And then you worry about getting a panic attack. So then you're panicky because you're afraid you're going to have a... Yes. I mean, it is just an ugly, ugly circle that you... Or cycle that you fall into. So as a, a business person, as a salesperson, as a teacher as someone who's engaging with the world, because my I really believe that each of us are selling something. And I don't mean selling like a used car salesman kind of term. I'm talking about that we are presenting ourselves to the world when we engage. You know, people size us up. We size other people up. And I'm not talking about like, what is she wearing, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm talking like, you know, oh, I, I like that person. Or, mm, you know, that's probably not going to be someone we're going to have dinner with in the near future. So we each kind of sell ourselves, but it's because we're looking at, do I connect with this person? Mm -hmm. Um, Is this person kind of resonating with what I'm experiencing in my life? Or is this kind of an an organic relationship, maybe um, whether it's platonic or it's it's more romantic? Mm -hmm. But we size each other up, and, and that's the one thing we're starting to lose our grip on, if you will, with the world of instant gratification internet texting and things the kids are we're trying to put emojis and different feelings into <laughs> these things but it it's nothing like the real thing and then we kind of lose the ability to go to capture those those cues i think that that's very true i really do and you know i have always been somebody who is on one thing and then i'm on to the next thing so i appreciate the attention span of a mosquito sort of culture that we have evolved into you know it's just i'm like oh good everybody else is switching what they're thinking about every five seconds too that's handy yeah (laughs) yeah but uh, something that was super important just two two minutes ago we're like old news it's like oh look there's a bike in the yard okay that has nothing to do what we're talking about squirrel yeah squirrel exactly (laughs) thank you doug the dog i love that movie up Really good. See? Again. There we go. Instantly off. But here's the thing. If you really want to be a success and to look at being successful in your business life, learn how to communicate better. Mm -hmm. Learn how to kind of hone in on those nonverbal cues. Learn how to articulate well. Be willing to open yourself up. Be vulnerable and make some mistakes. You're going to say stupid things at times. Look at our vice president. <laughs> oh, man. Right. Well, you know, I just open my mouth. I just have to be awake. <laughs> and probably something that's really not the best thing to say will come out. But you have to look at your heart and your intention. And I think that if your heart and your intention are good, it will play out. Mm-hmm. It will come through. Mm-hmm. 
What would you have to say about the individual who well says, well, Nate, Chris, thanks a lot, but I keep trying all the time, and I just keep getting screwed over. It's not working for me. I make mistake after mistake after mistake. How well, would you I think there's them? something to be, you know, first of all, we've talked about you get over the fear of making a move and make a move and focus on that one course. Mm-hmm. Just go, I'm going to spend some time focusing on this one thing, this one fear. I'm going to come up with a game plan. I'm going to take action on it. And it doesn't work out. So you go, okay, well, I'm going to adjust this plan a little bit. What did I learn from it? You always learn more, I do think, from failure than from success because I've had a bunch of it. I mean, really, everybody successful has had a whole bunch of failure way more than they've had success, I think, in most cases. not well, every case. So here's, here's the, it was a famous poster that was in the 90s from Michael Jordan, and this is what it says. I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games 26 times. I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed, mm. and I failed over and over and over again in my life. And then at the end he says, that is why, though, I succeed. I, you have to be willing to take the step out. You have to be willing to do it. And if you fail, it just means that you had something that didn't work. So move on to the next thing. You know, work at that one until you go, you know what? I have squeezed all the blood I can out of this turnip. So I'm going to go on to a new turnip. Yeah, I'm going to try something else. Right. I'm going to go. I'm going to go give my best to this one. I hope that's <laughs> right. Hey, I've gone this. through a bunch of turnips. Trust me, and rutabagas, whatever happens, whatever vegetable. <laughs> whatever, I'm going exactly. to take it for all it's worth. Affirming voice, broadcasting encouragement, mobilizing, mobilizing influence. And that's hard to do. I, I will admit, as I, I've been in business a long time, I've had some incredible successes. Katrina and I have had been blessed incredibly. But we've also been at times where we said, oh my gosh, we can't pay our bills. Several years ago, I was going on about seven years ago now, we had to short sell our home and and we were devastated and we didn't know what to do. And it was just one of these periods where we had so many bills and within three months, all the money like dried Mm. up and we're like, what do we do? Do we do we pull from our retirement savings? What do we do in order to pay this? And we kind of looked it out and we did everything we could. And, you know, a lot of it was a ton of kneel time. You're just (laughs) praying and going, God, what do we do? And this lady down the street, I kid you not, came and knocked on our door and said, hey, because um, we put our house up for sale. We're like, let's just sell it. Let's see if we can sell it, you know. And we were wanting to sell, you know, a dollar bill for right. $3 kind of a thing. And, and people <laughs> were like, no. And and so she said, hey, listen, my husband and I are have a growing family. We just adopted like five kids and we live in this little house down the street. We love your home and it's big enough for us. Is there any way that you guys would, you know, consider doing a short sale. And I was like, I don't, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think we want to, but then we, we talked about it with them and we ended up finding out that that's how we were going to get out underneath this huge debt that we had. Uh, we had a large second on our home and, and it worked out. Um, I mean, it was hor It was uh-huh. sucked. I mean, I hated it, but it worked out so incredibly wonderful. You know, if we focused on, and believe me, we did for about six months, if we focused on, we are such failures, you know, how, right. how did this happen to us? We're a bunch of losers. And I'm not kidding. It took about six months or so. And we finally, Katrina and I were finally like, you know what? Screw it. You know, mark that off. That That's a chapter. You know, that was something in, in our, our book of life that we go, 
Well, you know, hopefully we won't have to reread that chapter again. Let's right. move on. Yeah, exactly. That's so smart, though. And what a great story and what a great example. As far as, hey, you know what? We are in this place and just the universe and however you want to define it steps in and says, I'm going to make this, you know, current go your way. I'm going to make things work out. And you guys stuck the course. You stayed the course despite you didn't just, you know, run out of the house screaming. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there were the hills. There were. Okay. Now and then. (laughs) But to have your neighbor gun, that's amazing. And here's the other thing, too, is, and I love my family, but if I didn't have a family that I was responsible for, it would have played out differently, too. Mm-hmm. If I was by myself, I would have said, you know, see, I'm, I mean, I'm going to hitchhike out somewhere else or whatever. I'm going to go live on the beach in my van. Yeah, yeah. by the river. That's right. <laughs> I'll catch my dinner every night. Yeah, You're no, loving that idea, I can tell you. You're like, hmm. <laughs> Katrin, want to move by the river in a van? No, honey. She'd be like, we'll come visit you every Christmas. Thanksgiving and Christmas. Here's here's your dad. That's right. Here's your dad. <laughs> Old Nate Nomad. But, oh, geez. But the, the point is, is that, you know, we each experience failures. And if if, if there's nothing that you get from, from listening to us is, is the one thing is this. Chris and I want to encourage you, motivate you, to help build you up and let you know that in your career, in your business, in sales, as an entrepreneur, as someone who's moving out, expect those things to happen. Mm-hmm. Expect them. You know, like for example, Chris, you as an instructor, as a teacher of health, yes. let me ask you this. Ooh, I'm a teacher of health. I like it. Okay, go ahead. Well, when you when you instruct people at Boise State University, mm-hmm. does everyone always listen exactly to what you said? No, and do? plus I'm teaching in a really big classroom, and so people are all, all over the room, and because we're moving around so much, I don't use a mic. They have a mic, a head mic, but you know how those head mics are. They're heavy and they're bulky and you're trying to do things and it's hard to move around unless you're just standing there or moving around on a stage giving a talk. But if you're actually showing, demonstrating exercises, you don't use the headphone or I don't anyway. So they can't hear me anyway. You know, the majority of students, you have 30 people in there. They can't hear me. Well, my question would be is. Twofold. So if we were to step back and look at your teaching situation, Mm -hmm. one is if you constantly worried about what people were thinking of you and you always saying it right, it would more than likely debilitate you in the ability of how you're teaching. You probably wouldn't be. I mean, you know, the most attractive people are the ones who Mm -hmm. are confident, not overly Mm -hmm. confident or, you know, foolhardy in their confidence, but they're comfortable with themselves. So you make a mistake. So what? Big deal. And I think if have you ever watched the news and you can see the sweat on the lip of the broadcaster and their head head is, you know, trembling with anxiety and adrenaline, I can't watch that person because I get nervous for them. I have to change the channel. Whereas if they're more relaxed and, you know, able to deliver the news and do it with confidence, you're more likely to watch that person. Same thing in any situation and including teaching. If you let them smell fear, they'll go after you like a pack of dogs. So don't don't show fear. Show confidence and then you'll make if you try to make people relax, they will relax and they'll be more likely to come to your class because they enjoy it and they feel confident and comfortable there. 
Now, what about the flip side, the students? Mm -hmm. I think that versus the teacher who's like, oh, crap, I don't know. Right. They just have you read a chapter in the book and then they quiz you on it. and You can tell the person doesn't care. And there are people like that in every field who really don't like what they're doing and don't care about it. So and they just because you're really good at something doesn't mean you like doing it. Do you know what I mean? Just because totally you're good at something as a job doesn't mean it's going to fulfill you as a person. And we have the luxury, and it is a luxury in America, to many times be able to do something that we enjoy, not just it for survival. Luxury. Yeah. You know, one very common thing, and my husband Steve mentioned this to me, and, and I did want to throw it in here, is a very common thing is that people will <laughs> block their own success you know, they'll do the same thing, use the same strategy over and over again, even though it's not working. So there has to be that ability to let go. If you've tried something and you thought it would work and you've tried it a billion times and it's still not working, it's time to change it up. And it's okay right. to let something go, even if you've spent a lot of time and energy into planning it, because then you can refocus that energy somewhere else. So I I love what you were saying there because it's something different than fear now what we're talking about because and you know you know it's like you, when you watch the uh, whatever the reality TV shows the X Factor or the Voice and someone thinks that they you know they sing like a let it go let it go you mean like that sort of <laughs> and everyone's like, like eh, eh, you know and they're like you don't get it you know, I am beautiful I am amazing I. And then there was a like, okay, we just we just walked into crazy, but you do. We just walked into crazy. Yeah, you have to. Well, step it's back. like, uh, and they're like, well, bless you for your self confidence. Yeah. Well, I think I don't know if I would even call it self confidence. I would just say there, there's definitely delusional <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> it sounded great in the shower. I sounded like you know Barbara Streisand. <laughs> no. You know, one other thing about it, besides going beyond that, if something hasn't worked in the past, like your singing career, mm-hmm. right, it's time to change your strategy. And there's nothing wrong with asking for help or asking for advice. A wise man has many counselors, and I believe that's true. Absolutely. Even if I'm sure of something and I'm going to do it, I'll always run it by somebody else. Yeah. The greatest bosses, the greatest leaders, the greatest CEOs, they learn how to listen to people. They learn how to digest and filter the research that they either do themselves or that they get from others. And their their eyes are wide open. They're, they're not, you know, worried about criticism in a way of taking it personal. They're like, this is a business. We're going to move forward. And if it is personal, okay, then I need to step back and I need to learn how to mind my P's and Q's and, and take this person's advice and, and don't speak like that again or don't address people like that. I mean, it, it it's something that's so simple to do, but yet it's hard. I mean, so simple to say, but it's hard to do. It's very hard to do. It's kind of like, you know, you don't want to be humiliated or embarrassed or, oh, my gosh. We go back to worry. Mm-hmm. you're worried about what other people think. Oh, so true. And that And if you get caught up in that, you're never going to do anything. You know, I, I've been called eccentric in every language in the world. It's like I fit in nowhere. <laughs> and that's okay by me. I don't have to be acceptable. I don't revel in the fact that, you know, people think I'm a little 
out of the center of things as far as my thinking because that's important to realize that society's artificial, the cultural constructs we have come up with are, are artificial, and just accepting them automatically is not the way to progress, I don't believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think that was well said. You know, there are a lot of people that think like you. This is this is a part of the beautiful thing that is happening with the Internet, that people are actually, actually able to to build their own tribes and to kind of gather together in groups and say, hey, we're not alone. You know, there was a a really cool saying that I just read recently. It said, your vibe attracts your tribe. And oh, that's really good. Yeah, it's pretty cool. We're, we're in a culture where that is true. You Your vibe can attract your tribe because you we have a lot more freedoms culturally where we can go out and do things socially with others. Mm-hmm. We're not really trapped. Another really neat saying that the same person said, her name is Nikki Halgren. She is the owner of Gleeful Peacock. She put these little things on some jewelry. But the other one that she put, I thought was pretty fantastic, said, the fortune favors the brave. Mm, It's so true. And bravery is not foolhardiness. We've talked about fear before. We've talked about taking action. And there's a difference between having no understanding or there's something you really need to be careful of, alert about, and you don't pay attention to it. Well, that's just foolhardy. But bravery is where you know the risks, you accept them, you realize there might be problems along the way, you have kind of a thumbnail sketch of how you would deal with it, and you move through the fear. You do it anyway, and that to me is bravery. I love it. That is so magnificent. You, you, want, you want to encourage people to say, it's a living thing, it's a recipe. There's not you know, seven steps in order to do this. It is a, it's a living, organic thing. It's the one thing that's really different with us humans is th- there's not a, a recipe to how to grow us on the back of the mm-hmm. seed packet. This is what you do. Nope. You know, right? We're all so different, and we have to learn to kind of be open and, and to be vulnerable to those things. So let's talk real quick about the health aspect of our lives. What would you encourage someone in wanting to make this mental shift? How do they make the physical shift where they start eating healthy, how would how would they move forward in that? Well, I think one of the main things that people don't realize about diet is it, processed is bad. I mean, you hear it all the time, but eating whole foods, I don't care whether it's, you know, nuts or whatever it might be. If you're going to have a snack, don't have it be a processed snack. Have it be a whole food type of snack. If you're going to have cereal in the morning, try oatmeal. Oatmeal is like the best thing you could have first thing in the day. Do I like oatmeal? No, I do not. Not even I, one I like it with bit. all the sugar and brown sugar. and. Oh, yeah. If there's not honey and nuts on there, why are you bothering me with this bowl well, I guess of honey and nuts, paste? That's not bad. That sounds good. Yeah, that's only – and I have to have lots of milk. And I'm more of a savory person. I, I don't like sweets as much as I like savory things. So if I'm going to – you know, I'd rather have a ham sandwich for breakfast – Mm, then have a bowl of oatmeal with there you go see and that would be a whole food you can do that you know where you can actually recognize a whole food being you can recognize the ingredients it's not all mashed up together because when you buy the processed food there's so much sodium in it it takes a toll on your system so the more of whole foods that you can eat the better if you like rice 
or noodles. You could have those for breakfast. That's okay. Well, what, what do they or eat a sandwich. in China when you go to China? And isn't it noodles for breakfast or what? They have noodles for breakfast depending on where you are, which province you're in. But they also have congee, which is like a rice porridge. Mm-hmm. And then you put all kinds. You can make it sweet or savory. I like to have <laughs> being being the chow hound that I am. I like the noodles. It's like if there are vegetables that are stir fried, I'll eat those. I'll eat a little meat, a little of this, a little of that. Tell us a little bit again about how important it is to or what we put in our bodies. You are what you eat kind of a thing. Oh, yeah. And that's what the Indians believe. They have the you've heard of Ayurvedic medicine. Well, that's food is medicine. What you put in your body, that fuel is going to impact how you act toward other people and how you're living life. Here's a really important part or point that uh, a friend of mine taught me years ago, Scott Mann, which is you don't and you hear it all the time now, but Scott was really the first one I ever heard say it is you want to eat six times a day. You have small little meals or snacks instead of sitting down for these huge gut bombs of meals that make you want to go to sleep. And that way, your blood sugar never plummets. We have this thing where the blood sugar plummets and then it spikes and it plummets and then it spikes. You're going back and forth, up and down between the extremes. If you can keep it at a steady amount throughout the day, the blood sugar at a stable level all day, you're going to do a lot better. You're going to be mentally more focused and you're not going to have that confusion and exhaustion that I basically live with every day. Now, you know what I mean. You're not going to get those highs and lows. Yeah, I love it. So a lot of it is preparing, just like you would in learning how to prepare your words and to articulate in a presentation, you want to prepare your health. How are you going to take care of yourself when you are going to get hungry? Because, oh, yeah, you will. Are you going to go, oh, gosh, I didn't prepare anything. I might as well fly into the Seven Eleven and pick up some chips. Right, exactly. And a dill pickle. Well, oh, uh, you know, dill pickles are good for you. They'll, they'll build, they'll build uh, probiotics in your system. You know, oh, they're always talking about like probiotics and all this. Just eat some pickles. Drink some pickle juice. How about that? Unless sodium's a problem. <laughs> Okay, what about a little bit of pickle juice in a martini, or like in a, a vodka? How's that? Of course. I love that. Yeah, no, that sounds very good. And throw one yeah. of those string beans in there too, the marinated Ooh. string beans. Those are good. Oh, now I have those for breakfast. I would too. See, you and I, you and I think alike. <laughs> no, the vodka. Oh, the, the vodka. vodka. <laughs> there you go. Mother's little helper. Well, hey, you could have a Bloody Mary. You could. Well, that's a morning drink. Screwdriver. You know we're bad. Do not listen to this advice. Okay. <laughs> well, it's not like they haven't heard it yeah, before. It's Do true. It all the time. It's Little eye opener. To learn more and interact, visit us online at avermingvoice.com.